this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, y'all give it up for Miss Sarah Sons. I cannot tell you how excited I am, how blessed we are by these guys and by their family. And uh, I asked her to share about worship. And so she's been worshiping the Lord for a long time. And uh, she's got some great revelation on it. So let me pray for her and we'll get jumping in. Thank you, God. We just ask for blessing and favor and anointing this morning over Sarah. God, we're asking that your heart would be so clearly communicated and that corporately as a body, we would be drawn into worship as it is in heaven so much more because of this morning. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I didn't bring you guys ice cream. I'm sorry. I know the Brahms bag is a little misleading. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so super cool whenever Grant approached me about speaking about worship. It was crazy because the Holy Spirit, much like Ashley, whenever she was approached about speaking, the Lord had been putting so much on my heart to share, and I'm like, when am I ever going to get the chance to share this? Like, this is pretty good, <laughs> you know? Like, that's, I can't just keep this to myself. So I was pretty stoked that whenever he was like, hey, come and speak. I was like, yes. Which normally, I hate public speaking. I really, really do. It makes me really nervous. But whenever I'm sharing something that the Lord has just put on my heart, I'm like, not even scared. I'm so excited, like overly excited. Like my heart is pumping right now, but not because I'm nervous, because I just want to get all of this in and be able to share it with you. So we're just going to jump right in. Um, today's message title is apps. Hashtag apps, because I'm so relevant. <laughs> okay, you want to bring up what that means? Action, perspective, position, and surrender. Worship. Apps. There's not an app for that. It's what you have to do. Okay, so before we start, there's one more thing. Can you pull that next one up? This is what I need you to do. My number is up there. I'm trusting you with this important personal information. My number's up there. Will you text me right now what worship is to you? Your favorite part? What the Lord's done through worship? Anything. Whatever is in your heart right now, there's no wrong answer because it's your answer. So do that right now. I'm giving you permission to text in church. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I won't scold you. Um, first thing we want to talk about, and it's okay. I'm going to go on and jump right in. I'll come back to your answers. Don't worry. I'm not leaving you hanging. I want to talk about action. God's word describes action as an action filled. Oh, it's buzzing. I should probably just like put that right there. <laughs> Someone was quick. It was Charlie. Charlie was first. You win. I'm just kidding. God's word describes worship as an action, action filled with power, authority, devotion, submission, anointing, intimacy, awesome, awesome things. And to be able to come into the Lord's presence and, and to experience those things is huge. The Bible is full, full, full of worshipers. I mean, people just seeking after the heart of God, seeking after his presence. I mean, it's like the ultimate guide. If you're ever like, hmm, worship. Read the word. I'm not kidding. You read Psalms. It's crazy. It's all good. It's all good. So I want to go. I'm getting my smart face on, okay? I'm going to put this over here for a second because that might actually be really distracting. <laughs> okay. Can you pull up that English word for worship for me, Jonathan? Okay. That is a weird-looking word. And you're going to laugh because when I looked it up, I was like, I need to figure out this pronunciation because I really, really don't want to embarrass myself. I listened to it so many times. I was like, this sounds so weird. So 
origins of the English word for worship comes from the Anglo-Saxon word. It doesn't look like what it says. It's uh, worshipe. It sounds like recipe almost in something with worth. It's really cool. But the first part, meaning worth, okay? Worth, value, respect, worship. That's what, that's what the first part of that root word means. The second, the siefe, looks like Skype, but it's not, means to shape or build something. So combined, to shape or build worth, value, or respect. I, I had, I texted him, he didn't put it up there. I put like little crazy eyes, like a little crazy eye emoji, because I was like, whoa, that's so deep. Like, for real, my eyes, like, that's so good. It's so good. To be able to come, that's what worship is, to come and build. To build worth, to build respect, to build value to the king. It's so good. It's okay. It's on my page, at least, so I'm, I'm reminded. <laughs> so, as you know, but I'm going to remind you, worship is not just singing. It's not just a super awesome genre of music. It is us building something, building something great, worth and value and respect for the king. <sighs> so good. And it's not just for Sundays. I know life gets crazy and it gets busy and it gets hard, but it's so much more. It's like I have a really, I'm, I, I don't want to jump the gun, but I'm going to jump the gun. Okay. Um, it's like worship together on Sundays is so awesome. Okay, I'm not, dis- I'm not dissing on Sundays. I love Sundays. It's my favorite to come together with corporate family worship to, to get to come together and see that. It's like the Lord's giving you this wonderful gift that is so sweet. And it's like, I just, do you love candy? Who loves candy? <laughs> you get a candy. You get a candy. <laughs> this is what the Holy Spirit this is my, my box of Holy Spirit goodies for Sunday morning. He comes, and he's like, you know what? Makobe, this is for you. Holy Spirit knows just what he needs. It's sweet. It's so wonderful. You're just like, ah. Uh. And then he's like, you know what? I know that your wife does not like milk chocolate, so Holy Spirit has something special for Caitlin, a dark chocolate candy, because he knows that everyone needs something different from him. He is so good in knowing just what we need. Can you be my stand-in Holy Spirit today? Thank you. This is my stand Never a stand-in. But can you, for real, like, you get a candy. You get a candy. Everyone gets a candy. Yeah! Come on, Oprah. You get a candy. No, you can, you can hand it out or throw it. I don't care. If you throw it, you're getting in trouble, not me. He's so good. He knows just what we need. And it's okay. You can totally eat these now. I want you to enjoy. Because corporate worship, family worship together is so, so good. And he knows. He has enough for everyone, enough overflowing, that it's nothing, it's nothing to be like, oh, I didn't get one. Because we will make sure you get a candy. But it's not just for Sundays. Like, that's awesome. I love corporate family worship. Because then, like, look, I'm, like, super stoked to see Greg just got candy. Like, he's smiling really big. And that makes me happy. So in worship, you're like, oh my gosh, look what God's doing in Greg. Yeah. Like you get excited for each other because we're a family. But it's not just for Sundays. What's better? I mean, just like Grant said last week, he come and he enthrones. The Lord enthrones on our praises. It's Psalm 22.3. He enthrones himself on our praises. 
Like, he comes here. So not only are we getting some sweet deliciousness from the Holy Spirit, but he comes and he rests on our praises. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to get really, really theological right now. The one creator who created everything you see, everything you know, the heavens, the earth, the universe, the flowers, cats, he created them. Hey, I like dogs more, but I'm just throwing that out there. I know we got cat lovers. (laughs) He created all those things, but he comes specifically because he's like, you know what? I want to meet with Reese today. I want to meet with Candace today. I want to come and I want to rest on Bethel OKC because they are praising me with their whole heart. They expect the fullness. I want to give them the fullness because I'm a good father. He's so good. But what's better than that? Well, let me tell you what's better than that. I know not much can get better than free candy at church, but here's what happens. He's not tied down to the four walls of the church. He is not contained. He's not. This isn't just the place to come and meet with him. It's awesome. Please come. I'm not telling you not to come. But there's so much more. It's like personal worship. Personal worship. Weekly. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday because it's okay to get a little overflow on your way home. It's all good. Personal worship is bigger and better. I'm just going to leave this right here. So good. Like, you know that that little candy was sweet. But look at how much more he has for you. I don't know about you, but we've been eyeballing this since we got it for an analogy. And I'm like, what if I just give him more candy, Lord? Like, would that be a... I'm just kidding. I saved it for you because I love you. It's available. I, I don't remember it. The big, the big huge candy <laughs> is available for you if you will just take it. Like, seriously. If you come up and grab this candy, it's yours. Because that's... I'm not kidding. It's yours for the taking because he loves us so much that that's what it is. Um, a few weeks ago, after Ashley's message, which was totally awesome, oh, my word. I hope it's on podcast. If not, I'm going to specifically write a letter to Bethel OKC and request that it's on the podcast because <laughs> it's so good. And she was saying about, you know, seeking the Lord, that quiet time that, you know, it's a sacrifice. She gets up super early, and it's not easy, but God always shows up. So after that, I was so encouraged because I am the least of the least of the least of the least morning person you have ever met in your entire life. I promise you may think you're more of a night person than me, but you are not. I do not do mornings, ever, ever. <gasps> Mom. <laughs> That's probably just an amen she's trying to give me because she knows. But I did it. I was like, I'm going to start doing this because I need to. I get so distracted like for real, with work and doing Gavin's school and, you know, all these things, having Charlie come home wanting to make him a fabulous dinner because I love feeding him because I love him so much. I get really distracted. (laughs) I get really distracted sometimes and life just goes on. And so I was like, I have to make time for the Lord. I just have to. And so I did early morning. And I remembered after the, um, it was going really good, by the way. Good points, lady. After McCoby and Grant spoke about the spiritual realm, which also podcast request. Check. It's so good. I was so encouraged. I was like, okay, Lord, 
Because I've had times when I've been in the, you know, spiritual army's taking me there, but I never, whenever I asked, you know what I mean? It was always like a good surprise, which is cool. But I was like, I'm going to ask. So I was like, Lord, show me something. It does, I, I don't have to go to heaven. I don't have to go anywhere else. I just show me what you want to show me. And I'm going to take a drink of water while you're all in suspense of what he told me. Because you love me. I know you love me. <laughs> no, here's what he showed me. I closed my eyes, and I remembered. It was like crystal clear what Rachel had said that morning also, jumping in about how Jesus is the door. And, I mean, I have loved, love, love, love any sermon, any type of experience where it's explaining Jesus as the door. You know what I mean? I mean, best service I've ever been in was youth camp. And the speaker that came in, literally, actually, he had his team build a door, like a door frame with a door. So intense. Like, I couldn't walk through it because the presence was just so heavy and expecting to go through the door. So I'm like, Lord, what are you showing me? So he shows me this door, my door. He is my door. It looks different for everybody. This is what he showed me. He showed me that, first of all, it was beautiful. It was, like, just the best door I've ever seen in my entire life. I was like, this is so cool. And then he shows, like, he starts pointing out these little things. Like, I'm going to pretend this Brahms bag is a door, okay? It's not. There's no ice cream, I promise. Um, he shows me this door, and it's beautiful. And then he, he brings my focus over to the bottom, like the left side. And he shows me these drawings. And I knew in my heart that I did that. Like, he's been with me since I was a child. He's been with me, you know. I mean, toddlers get crazy and draw on everything. And, like, I came to him like that. And he showed me these drawings. I was like, you've been with me my whole life. I'm, like, crying, you know. I mean, I know this, but to see it. And then he shows me, he shows me on, like, towards the middle at the bottom, like, that there's some wear. And it's like I knew in my spirit it was those times whenever, like, probably moody teenage years. I don't know. There's been many of them, many moody years. But. There was wear at the bottom from whenever I didn't go in, I just leaned up against him and he held me, you know? You know when you're just really upset, you do nothing, you just drop and you have to cry it out? Or for men, I don't know, you pound the door, I don't know. But there's like, there was wear there and he was holding me even though I didn't go in. And I was like, this is so good, Lord. Like, it can't get any better than this. And then he shows me the best part and it's like, there's no, there's no handle and there's no lock. Access to him is always open. And I believe that that's all of our doors. He is that. He is that for us, that we can come to him anytime. I mean, they had like one of those uh, like push panels, you know, but it was golden. It was like legit, like golden, like shiny. I was like, oh, it's so sparkly because he knows me, you know, and he knows you. So as we're talking about personal worship, know that he's been there for you. He is the door. If we seek him, there's no locks. You know, there's, there's no hindrance from coming into his presence. Just choose it. Get the big candy. Get the big candy. His presence is for everyone. Everyone. And you don't have to be experienced. You don't have to be in church your whole life. You don't have to be trained on how to seek the Lord. Although if you really want to get some really good insight, I mean, this Bethel team, they know about seeking the Lord. I'm not kidding. I'm like, whoa. Like I learned so much all the time. But you don't have to be trained to meet him. You don't have to be here your whole life to seek his presence. Can you pull up that scripture in Hebrews for me? Everyone give it up for Jonathan. He's been so rad. Holla! Hebrews 10, 19, 23. 
So dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. Everyone, we can all enter boldly. By his death, Jesus opened a new life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. Such a big deal. Oh my goodness. Like, I really, I know people say this a lot, but I really hope that there's like reels in heaven where you can like look back and see stuff that happened because I want to see when that veil was torn, man. I can only imagine how intense that was. Uh, Since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. Let's go. We can trust him. He's not going to be like, who am I going to pick on? (laughs) Reese. He's not going to be like, hey, Reese, come into my presence. I want to come and spend some time with you. And then you're like, okay, God. And then he's like, oh, just kidding. You know what I mean? That's not him. That's not his heart. That's not his heart. We can go trusting him. Sometimes it's hard to do new things. Sometimes it's hard to say, you know, to be vulnerable and say, Lord, I really want to trust you and do this. But we can. He promises it right there in his word. So I'm going to keep going. Anywhere. You can worship anywhere, okay? Car, closet, shower, kitchen, doing dishes. It doesn't matter. You are your worship zone. You can take it with you to work. You can take it with you in the car wash. While you're driving, I don't suggest crying because it's hard to see. I know this from experience. <laughs> but it's okay. Wherever, whatever your jam is, he just wants you to worship. Um, can we pull up that, the next slide? We got action. A. Say everyone to action. Next letter. Pers- that's right. Perspective. Can you say that in the mic? Because that sounded really cool perspective because this is intense y'all perspective all right now before you pull up this slide i have to warn you viewer discretion is advised it may bring up a lot of hidden hurt and emotion in your heart do it (gasps) omg it's the dress boom 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 we're talking about perspective here Now, I'm not trying to cause any war or casualties in the room, but just for my message's sake, what color is that dress? Holla! (laughs) Now, from seeing it, not from what you know from reading on Wikipedia, but looking at it, what do you see? (laughs) He's like, that is the coolest dress. Okay. Do you remember? It was almost two years ago to the day. Like, seriously, we barely missed it. Do you remember the dress fiasco? Everywhere I went, Denny's, everyone was talking about it. The gas station, everyone was talking about it. And I didn't see it at first. And then I was like, what is this I'm talking about? And I was like, oh, my gosh. And it flipped me out because I'm like, I showed Charlie. I'm like, what color is this dress? Because I'm like, it's totally white and gold. And he's like, it's blue and black. I was like, what? How dare you say that? That's not right. It's not white. It's not blue and black. It's white and gold. Which also, side note, when I pulled it up for the sermon, I looked at it first. I went to the original picture, no crazy doctoring, and I was like, "Oh, what do you know? It is blue and black." So I saved it in my phone. And then I kept doing sermon notes, and I was like, well, I went back to the website, and I was like, "Wait a second! Now it's white and gold." Freaked me out. So I don't know what's. Pray for my eyes, y'all, because something's going on. We're talking about perspective, okay? People often have become religious about worship, where it's become more of an act than an action. 
okay? People are saying, oh, no, worship needs to be like this. It needs to be white and gold. When over here, they're like, no, 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 worship is blue and black. You know what I mean? God gives you the perspective for you specifically. Some people need to worship quietly. Some people need to express it. It's what he's doing you. There is no right and wrong perspective when it's God's perspective to you, okay? So I know many people, many, many, too many people have been hindered from God's presence because of the dress. You know what I mean? Because someone saw it differently. Someone scolded them about it. Someone made fun of them. Someone said, you're not doing enough. And they missed out. They missed out on the presence because they were more worried about someone's perspective. And that hurts my heart. It's not an act. It's not a show. It's an action that we build value to the king. We create worship in our hearts and and, and lay it at his feet. You know what I mean? I mean, too many people, man, too many people have gotten hurt and thinking, oh, well, this is, I just don't worship now. People are people, okay? I love you all. I love every single one of you, but I love Jesus more. I really do. I, is that okay to say? I don't want to get, like, booed off the stage. Like, I'm not on the floor. <laughs> I, his opinion, what he says, matters, and that's something I've struggled with. Okay, whenever I was younger, I've always loved to sing my whole life, but when I was really young, I was so shy. Like, I'm not kidding, super shy. Like, someone would offer me a soda, be like, hey, sir, are you on Pepsi? Like, Can I have a Pepsi? Really? Is that okay? Oh, thank you so much. Like, they're offering me, a, you know what I mean? I was just that shy. I was just really, really insecure, really shy. And the Holy Spirit spoke to um, one of our youth leaders in the area. We were at a camp. And he gave this word over me. And I was, I think I was 13. Gave this word over leading worship and how much was going to come from me and all these things. And I mean, being in front of lots and people, you know what I mean? Like, Ashley, Ashley's giving me so many good words. It's just confirmation all day long. But not for my glory, for his glory. But he gave me this word, and I was like, oh, my gosh. No, 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 no. I seriously went back to our dorm, and I cried. Because I was like, God, I'm so scared. I can't do that. I can't sing in front of that many people. I can't do that. But I can do that. Because he gave me this perspective, and it's something that I walked in. I didn't let what people said hinder me. Because he has so much. So what he lays on your heart, roll with it, man. Worship how you feel to worship. Because there's, there's, there's different times he calls us to different seasons of worship. But he shows up every time he shows up. Um, I'm trying, I really want to get all of this in. because Holy Spirit had some good stuff, man. I was like writing everything down. Um, okay. Perspective of worship. Really quick. King David. Everyone heard of King David? Yeah, he was the greatest worshiper I have ever seen. Well, I've never seen him, but I've ever heard. <laughs> you know what I mean. So good. I mean, such great God perspective that he has for worship. And so I was reading about whenever the, the Ark of God came back into Jerusalem, and they were throwing a party, and there was a detour because someone touched it, and it was bad news, and they were all scared, so they sent it to Uzziah's house. And then whenever they found out that his house was being blessed, they're like, oh, my gosh, yes, let's bring it back. King David's like, let's do this. So he brings the ark back, and he's, like, celebrating. It says that all the people of Israel were celebrating. They were down in the streets having this crazy awesome party because the presence of God, the ark of God, was back 
So they're going for it, man. And what happens? You know what happens. He's dancing so crazy in his big old priestly robe. He dances right out of it. What? I mean, so much so that his wife is looking down from the window outside, and she's like, oh, my God. And she's all like, full of spite and scorning him. Like, there's some pretty intense words if you read this. It's in 2 Samuel something, 6. It's intense. And you know what? Can you just pull up his, his reply? Because he's like, he's going for it. Because the presence is there. He doesn't care. He's going to dance out of his robe if he wants to dance out of his robe. Or his dress. It probably looked like that. <laughs> so 2 Samuel 6, 21 and 22. We're going to read it from the message. Because she's all, his wife, she's like, you don't even go there. You look undignified. You went too crazy. Everyone's going to, you know, look down on you because you did that. Some king you are. And he's like, uh, uh, uh. He says, oh, yes, I'll dance to God's glory more recklessly than this. What? To his wife even. Come on. Husbands know what I'm talking about. You don't say that kind of stuff to your wife. (laughs) You just don't. And he's like, okay, can you pull up verse 21? Or actually, do you have it? Okay, hold on. I'm going to pull it up on my phone because I really, 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 really like that too. Hold on. So seriously, so good. Where you at? Like for real. Like just think about that. Put yourself in that position. You're just worshiping and your wife's like, what? I'm sorry, I, I was slightly prepared. So 2 Samuel 6 in the message, verse 21, where are we at? Here's what he said. He said he returned home, and this is 20. He returned home to bless his family, and his wife came out to greet him. How wonderfully the king has distinguished himself today, exposing himself to the eyes of the servants maids like some burlesque street dancer. That is a burn. And he says, in God's presence... I'll dance all I want. He chose me over your father and the rest of our family and made me prince over God's people, over Israel. Oh, yes, I'll dance to God's glory. Come on. Who cares about people's perspectives? I'm not saying dance out of your clothes, but goodness gracious, worship the Lord. He is good. He is mighty. We don't have to worry about people. For real. Which leads me to another point. Next, position. I didn't say it as cool as Eli, but that's close. Position. Your position determines your perspective. I want you to get that this morning. Your position determines your perspective. Everybody up here in the front row, all three of you, sit here with a reason and purpose to gain a certain perspective. It may not be some deep theological reason, but it's a reason, okay? Middle section. Come here for a reason. You know what I mean? I don't know what it is, but it's a reason. Even the backseaters back here, they got reasons too. I don't know what it is. And I won't ask, but it's okay. They are back here with a purpose. Now, Ready? Talking about position. Boop, 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 boop. If I were to speak back here all of a sudden, you guys have to turn around. And that could either get really uncomfortable 
having to turn your head. It could be really annoying where you're like, "Ah, I'll just listen. I'll just stay where I'm at and I'll just listen. If I was here a long time, I'm sure some of you would probably turn your chairs because you're really nice. But it changes, okay? My position changed. So what had to change? Your focus. Your perspective. It had to change. Because I'm back here now. And God does that sometimes. Sometimes he doesn't show up where you're expecting. You know what I mean? Sometimes we come into church saying, oh, but we know that Grant's going to be speaking from the front, so I want to get to the front so I can hear him. Or I want to sit at the back so he doesn't spit on me. Either way, you have, I'm not saying you're a spitter. It's just a, just a joke. Um, position, though. Things could change. He could not, what if, what if Grant one day just decided to preach from the back? Everyone would have to turn around. God does that. Sometimes he'll show up in a different position. He'll position himself so that, A, you're not comfortable, and you have to choose to look at him. I'm going to hang on that for a second. You have to choose. You're choosing right now to have to turn to look at me because I'm positioned where you weren't expecting. Holy Spirit does that. God does that. Not because he's mean. Not because he likes to make you uncomfortable necessarily but because he wants to make sure that you're really focusing on him and not just whatever. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this is where God always is, so I'm just going to. He does it because he loves you enough. He wants to keep you on your toes. He loves you enough that he doesn't want it just to become some mundane action, you know, or some act that you just come into his presence to worship. Sometimes he'll change it up because your position determines your perspective. Different seasons sometimes, often, can bring different positions. Okay, sometimes people are in a position where they are called to be very uh, intimate with the Lord and just be very quiet and very still. There's other times whenever he's like, I want you to get out there and dance like David. There's different seasons for that. There's different seasons in our life, and the Lord knows that, and he embraces that in us, and he gives us grace, and he gives us so much favor and love. But Seasons can bring different things. Whenever we first came here, hold on one second. Whenever we first came here from um, Arizona, we first attended Bethel, and we came on Wednesday nights, and it was so it was so intense and so different. And I am like myself personally. I just want to move. Like I feel like me and Ashley could be twins, because I just want to like swing around and worship with my whole heart and like. Someone put me in a corner so I don't hit anybody. You know what I mean? I love it. I love his presence so much, and I get so excited because he's brought me through so much, and he's, he's, he's led me to that heart of worship where I don't care about people's perspectives, and I care about where he's positioning me. And so whenever we first came to Bethel, I remember it was Wednesday nights, and we, oh, my goodness, Holy Spirit dropped a bomb on me. He was like, I want you to be still. I was like, what? Come on. Like, I have all this room. I was in the back, like, doing my thing. I was like, come on, God. You know I like to worship. You know it. And he was like, just be still. He literally, literally, directly told me to lay on my face before him, which was so hard because I wanted to worship. I wanted to move because I was so excited about him. But he told me to do it. So I was like, well, okay. Now, two reasons. 
I didn't want to do it. One, I told you because I like to move. Reason number two, we had people coming with us from Arizona, and they know me. They know how I worship. I didn't want them to think, and this was bad of me, I did not want them to think, oh, well, she's just doing it because now she's at Bethel, and whatever, McCoby's over there doing it, or Caitlin did it last week. You know what I mean? And so I was like letting these other people's perceptions get into my mind and, and really get to me. I'm like, maybe I shouldn't do that because there have been plenty of times, don't get me wrong, when the Holy Spirit was so heavy and his presence was so thick that I had to lay down face down. You know what I mean? But to do it on a regular basis was really sketchy for me. Like someone that knew me would be like, something's not right. She's not moving. So <laughs> they could have thought I was dead. I don't know. But I, I, I waited. And at first I wasn't obedient. And then I got like a kick in the heart. And I was like, I don't want to miss out on what he was wanting to do in my life right now. So I chose to be obedient. And I did it. Face down, right over there, that corner. Drove me nuts, but it was so filling. God still would have blessed me, y'all, okay? He still would have blessed me in worship because he loves me. He loves you. But he has, he has grace. He's not going to be like, oh, well, she didn't listen, so I'm just going to come over here, Grant. No. No, 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 no. He would still bless me, but I would miss out on the fullness of what he wanted to give me, the fullness in worship of what he wanted to teach me or do in my life at that moment. And there was a lot I like that it was only for a season. I kind of miss it. I'm like, maybe I should. <laughs> I don't want to go back and do it on my own like flesh. But there was so much fulfillment in that time when it was just me and him and I was still and I gained so much. So obedience in worship is huge. I know that sounds weird kind of because you're worshiping him. But if he lays something on your heart, that's why grandma says pay attention to the Holy Spirit. If he's telling you lift your hands and surrender Lift your hands and surrender. If he's telling you to dance like David, keep your clothes on, but dance. Obedience brings blessing. That is a biblical stand. And that's the same in worship. It's so good. So I'm going to just go and jump right over to the end. We got action. And? Yeah, and? You guys are so good. Okay, last point. Surrender. That is an ouch kind of word for some. It really is. But he loves you so much that when you surrender, he doesn't leave you vulnerable. He doesn't leave you hurting. He comes and he fills you up with that fullness. The altar is not just a place for altar calls. It's not just a place for calls to salvation. You know what I mean? One, you know, too many people have, have gotten that wrong. It's a place of surrender. I mean, I, we, we had the opportunity to come and visit quite a few churches whenever we were first moving here from Arizona. And, you know, this is the Bible Belt, y'all. Okay? I knew that coming in. And things were so different because it seemed like, oh, the altar is just, when you give us a call to salvation, that's what the altar's for. But no. I mean, I, I, I looked back. The altar, the Hebrew word for altar, you want to pull that up? Yeah. It looks like it's Ms. Beach, but it's not. It's not a gangster term. It is. You're laughing now. Wait till I pronounce it correctly. It is the altar word, or the Hebrew word for altar is mizbeach. You like my ch? I was practicing just for you. <laughs> just kidding. No, mizbeach. It means, it's described as a structure that has one purpose or function. Sacrifice. One thing. 
one purpose, one function, sacrifice. We know that Jesus came as the ultimate sacrifice and atonement for our sin. So we don't have to come before the altar and, and, and bring, you know, animal sacrifices and that for atonement of sin. He's already done that. He paid the ultimate price, and I am so grateful. But now we get to come before him. Now we can come to the altar because it's a physical place for spiritual sacrifice. The altar is a physical place for spiritual sacrifice, which there's no point in your relationship with the Lord where you don't need to do that. Billy Graham does that. Heidi Baker does that. Everyone comes with a sacrifice because we are people. We are human and we mess up. But it doesn't even just have to be a sacrifice of, of, of things. I wrote down, you know, some things people sacrifice could be pride or doubt, burdens, insecurity, pain. We can bring those things to the altar. In worship, you can come up, you can get out of your zone and say, Lord, I am, I am full of insecurities. I am so burdened. And rather than stay in your seat worshiping, you can say, Lord, I'm choosing to take a physical stand to make a spiritual sacrifice and lay it at your feet. And I am not picking this insecurity back up. I am not picking this doubt back up. I am not picking this pain back up. I am sacrificing it. It is getting burned up. It is getting just devoured by the fire of the Holy Spirit. Do you believe that that can happen? Absolutely. Hallelujah. I believe it. And it's so important. It's so important. It is so, so, so important. The word talks about sacrifice as a sweet-smelling incense to the Lord. Talk about a sacrifice of praise. You know what I mean? We come before him and say, Lord, I don't have much, but I'm going to bring you my praise. Anything I can muster up in my heart and my spirit, I want to sacrifice it to you because I love you so much. And you know what that's like to him? That's like mama's cooking. He's all, yes. It's so good. It's so good. It literally draws him into our presence. I mean, seriously, this is going to sound really funny, but think of a time whenever your wife or your mom or your husband, brother, sister, I don't know, someone made something like pie or cake or, I don't know, steak, something men would like. <laughs> I like steak too. But think of something when you're like, or like the Folgers commercial, hallelujah, the best part of waking up. I've never been more proud of you than I am in this moment. <laughs> it draws him in. You know, think about that time, how you were like, what are they cooking? Makobi, what are you cooking? He's probably cooking brownies because he knows I like brownies. He knows. It draws me in. It's the same thing with the Lord's presence. Whenever we have that sacrifice of praise and we say, Lord, here you go, it draws him into our presence. And he enthrones himself on our praises. And he's here. So when we take those steps, we, we make worship an action and not an act. Whenever we focus our perception on, on God's perspective, when we position ourselves with focusing on him, aligning our hearts with his heart, and we come and we surrender, so much happens. You look at worship a whole new way. Too many people... And I'm not saying you guys, because I, I know I'm preaching to the choir. Y'all are rad. But there are people that think worship is just singing on Sunday mornings. It's part of the routine. we got to get through songs so that we can get to the word so that I can get to lunch. And that is, seriously, it breaks my heart. We went and visited a church whenever we first came. I literally left so sad because they had this amazing worship team, this amazing just uh, 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 pursuit of his presence 
And the worship team was going at it, man. You could tell. They were worshiping their hearts out. I counted, and this was a pretty big church, I counted nine people in the entire congregation that lifted their hands or did any sort of action of worship at all. And it was full. It was this the whole time. And some were singing. And I'm not saying, like, these were not, like, they weren't having to read out of a hymnal. They weren't having to do anything. These were songs that were, you know, being birthed out of people's hearts. The worship team was seriously pursuing his presence, and the people were just, and it broke my heart because it became an act. It became routine. They lost out on the action and the pursuit of his presence as a whole. That sucks. And oftentimes, it's so easy. I mean, no matter how, how, how much you pursue the Lord, it's easy to get caught up in life and just put it to the back burner. It's easy to say, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm going to really worship you with my whole heart, but, you know, I had a really rough week, or, you know, I'm not feeling the greatest, so I'm just going to sit down. But if we make a sacrifice of our praise, he'll still meet you either way, but when you make a sacrifice, oh my goodness, the blessings just come overflowing and abundant. It's so good. And you can build an altar anywhere. It doesn't just have to be Sunday mornings. If you're feeling like one side of the spectrum, if you are hurting or depressed, you know, you're worrying, you're just full of doubt or insecurities, sacrifice that to the Lord. You could be in your kitchen. It doesn't matter. Say, Lord, this is my altar. This little square of my tile is my altar, and I am sacrificing that to you right now. You know, in the good times, in the good times, come over here. I'm on my couch. Lord, this couch is my altar. I am sacrificing this praise to you. I'm giving you my whole heart. It's okay to do that. An important part, such an important part about the altar is it's so good and so important and so vital to build altars in your life in the good times, not just the bad. Because otherwise, guess what happens? When you're over here on the bad side, on that one little square in your kitchen, you may forget how to build an altar. You may be so caught up in your emotions or the situation that you can't build an altar, that you're just, you know, so down in the dumps you can't. But if you're constantly making it a practice saying, Lord, I'm building you with sacrifice of praise. This altar is mine. I'm coming before you with this and this and this and this. Man, you do it in the good times. Then when the bad times come, you're, you're not going to be like, ah. you're going to say, oh, I know what to do. I'm standing in my authority and I'm building myself an altar right here because I'm not going to deal with any of that. It's important. It's not just a place of the building. It's not just part of the stage. It's a physical place for spiritual sacrifice. This morning, we have a couple of minutes. Yes? Okay. We, um, we're going to come back. We're going to just go into a time of worship and really try to put back into action these, these steps. And it's not like these are some... Oh my gosh, Sarah's amazing. No, it is not anything about me. This is just what the Lord laid on my heart as a body. If we can engage in this, the apps, if you can remember apps, there's going to be so much as a body that we reach, his presence in a whole new way. Personally, a whole new way because we can embrace those things. Take action. So this morning, especially, especially, I can't say it enough, 
I would especially ask you to walk in that place of surrender and come to the altar. Not because I want everyone to just take action and do it now, but because I believe that if we take a stand today, knowing these things and saying, God, I'm not going to look back. I want to take action. I want to have the right perspective. I want to position myself with you, and I'm going to come and surrender. That There's so much that he can do moving forward from this place. So we're just going to take a minute. Callie Kim's going to play. I don't know if we can go on and get the lights down. That would be super cool. We're just going to take a few minutes. If you have something, bring it to the altar. Let it just seriously, like those things. It could be something on the hard, the hard, hard times side of hurt or pain. Over here you say, God, I've got to sacrifice these insecurities because I can't get past it. I've got to sacrifice these pains and these burdens from this broken heart because I can't get past it. Bring it to the altar. Bring it to the altar. He wants to come. He wants to burn it up where you don't, can't even recognize it anymore. Where if that insecurity were to come and sneak up on your life, you wouldn't even be able to recognize it because it's been burned by the Holy Spirit's power and fire. Man, if you are just on top of the world and the Holy Spirit is just rocking you and you're just doing so good, man, come to the altar. Build an altar in the good times and say, God, I'm going to sacrifice my praise to you right now. I'm going to come and take a stand. I'm walking out of my normal place. I'm taking a physical stand to come from where I'm comfortable to where I'm surrendering fully. Make a stand this morning. His presence is so sweet. His fullness that he brings is so good. And he doesn't want you holding on to the things. He doesn't want you holding on to the burdens. And it doesn't even have to be something huge, okay? It doesn't even have to be something huge. It could be, you know what? I'm a mom. Sometimes I get really frustrated being a mom. It's hard. I only have one kid and it's hard sometimes. And sometimes I get so lost and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm a bad mom because he didn't eat dinner tonight. I'm a bad mom because of this. I'm a bad mom because of that. I'm going to burn that at the altar. It could be something huge. Some big life thing that's happened that has broken your heart. Don't hold on to those things. Bring it to the altar. Bring it to his presence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that we can come before you to build worth and to build value. God, that we can create in our hearts worship and praise that is holy in your eyes, that is righteous in your eyes, God. We can bring before you, God, our hearts. Lord, we can come and surrender, God, and that you give us the perspective that we need. God, you give us the, the perspective. Lord, we position ourselves this morning. Align our heart to your heart today, God. Lord, we position ourselves particularly to align with you. Lord, with everything that we have, with everything in our hearts, we cry out, God, that we want you. We want you. We build an altar. We come with a sacrifice of praise. We come with a sacrifice of praise this morning, Lord. Father God, bring, bring that fresh perspective this morning. 
Lord, that worship that you have specifically for each individual, what you want to do, what you want to speak to their hearts this morning, God. Bring that this morning, Lord. We say yes to you. We say yes to you. We say yes to you. We say yes to you, Lord. We bring our pain to the altar right now, God. We bring our insecurities to the altar right now, God. The hurt, the things that people have spoken over us, the wrong perspectives that we've been walking in, God, we bring it to the altar. We bring it to the altar. We bring it to the altar, Lord. draw near you enthroned on our praises this morning God Lord forgive us forgive us God for turning worship into an act at any point in our lives not even just right now this second but God if we've walked in that Lord I ask forgiveness and repentance God because it's not about us it's about us creating worth in you and value of you Lord, we wait in your presence. We say thank you, God. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you do, Lord. Lord, with everything, with everything, with everything, with everything, with everything, God, we cry out your glory in this place today, God. We're going to just worship this morning. We'll, we'll have the altars open. We're going to continue to worship.